It was you just, know, they need to know that that's not what's happening out there. And even so, you don't live in fucking Indonesia, <laughs> bitch. This is From the Ground Up, the story of me starting my reptile business. Yeah, you can talk about uh, it. What's the topic? Okay, so today's topic is like a myriad of things. First off, talking about your two new uh, palmetto snakes and the new palmetto project that you're working on. Um, we're also going to talk about which snakes are the best to keep as pets and why we think that. Evan, I'd love to know what uh, snakes you think are the best to keep as pets. Gaboon vipers. <laughs> is that what he's going to say? <laughs> you know? um, and then last thing is just kind of an assortment of different Facebook or snake topics. Facebook, yeah. Sorry. <laughs> um, what did he say? I can't. Did he say? Green trees. Okay. Yeah. Why do you think? Uh, yeah, Gaboons. Babe, what are you doing? I'm I'm trying to get to live on the. Go fix. home. Nope. Go, Go back home. to your home. Go back to your home. Don't you want to be click, in your home? Click the three little dots under your status bar thing. Click live video. Uh, I didn't want to go on my personal page. I wanted to go on Port City Pythons. Oh, Come on. Why? Why is life so hard? We normally do it on your personal page. Am I gonna? Am I gonna have to edit all this out? Yeah. Yeah, you are. But we're talking to Evan. So wait, Evan, why do you think green trees are the best to keep his pets? I don't know if he's being facetious or not. Oh. Well, I think they're the best just because I like them, but I have no justification <laughs> for that. They're the best to look at, um, I'd say. Babe, I have no idea how you do live in port cities. We normally just do it on your normal page. Green trees because they are simply awesome. They <laughs> display totally agree. great and are very photogenic, which I agree with. But for... The average snake, pet, you know, not like y'all who are up here for, for a lower person. Like, what are they looking for in a pet? What are they looking for? I think, uh, like, not not to mention all the cobras. If you're, oh, all the colors. I was like, <laughs> all the so colors bad. of green. Juice. I was gonna say in Florida, apparently they give cobras to anyone because it seems like every other day there's another story about someone letting their cobra out by accident. Babe, scroll to the top. You're struggling. I am. I think no, sh- I'm. I'm doing great because I just found start a live video. Um, because well, he he brought up that they photo uh they they photo well, but right. for like the average person, do you think that's what they're looking for? They might be like the average. I think I think the average person usually, when they're talking about getting a pet snake, they want something that works for them. Baby, you're typing from the podcast, <laughs> not from the ground up. I know. Okay, sorry, keep going. The average person. The average person is looking for an experience that is good for them, not exactly good for the snake. So I think something like a um, a ball python, you know, they think that that's perfect because it doesn't do anything when you hold it because it's the most easy to hold. It doesn't seem to have but any repercussions to hold. Wouldn't the person want some, it to do something? Yeah, I know. And I, and honestly, I agree with Evan to the fact that carpet pythons, despite the fact a little food aggressive stuff like that, but as far as keeping, if you're just worried about the snake itself, mm-hmm. carpet pythons are so easy to keep. I think people really try to uh, over 
like analyze what's going on with the carpets yeah i mean there's subspecies of carpets all throughout australia that are in all types of climates i think the fact is that i've had jungle carpets i think i'd like don't do this but i think you would be able to keep them at room temperature and they would stay alive and eat and do everything perfect so you're not suggesting that you're just saying no not at all if but i'm saying they're so forgiving that i think that you could totally fuck up you could fuck up almost everything, and they wouldn't die. <laughs> and they'd still be okay. Right. So I think BPs, I find, are actually like decently difficult to keep because of just humidity, especially uh, depending on where you live. Like ball pythons, they may be good to handle, which good to handle means that they don't do anything when they you pick them up. sit like this in their yeah, little... Yeah. <laughs> to me, that's not fun. I feel like right. a kid, you want something a little bit more... more fun than that but uh which carpets are like they're always climbing all over you which i think is awesome but um yeah but i think the the food aggressive thing could all you know could for people who aren't avid because a kid just goes in right and i'm not saying just kids you know not just kids want pets adults want pets too but still because you're not paying attention to what the snake is you know right i think the food thing can cause some issues um so, I don't know. What is Evan saying? I can't read it. Yeah, so someone else commented that, yeah, agreed the humidity can be hard. And, I mean, now it's a little bit easier with things like Refti Chip, keeping the humidity up for ball pythons. But either way, if you're getting a pet, this kid's going to be putting it in, like, a fish tank. Right, they're not putting it in tubs. <laughs> like, right, they're, not, they're not going to have the resources to keep it, you know, properly or what we deem properly. So, so that's why you think carpets because, you know, they're if if you're going to get a, a python, to me, they're like the corn snake of the of the python world as far as keeping goes. You can they're just very forgiveful mm-hmm. or forgiving as far as uh, temperature, temperature, humidity. They don't give a shit w- what uh, the humidity is like. I've had them in Colorado, had them in New York where it's more humid, mm-hmm. had them here in Texas. Makes no difference. They're good all the time. Is there a temperature-forgiving snake that is not food-aggressive? Corn snakes. Okay. Corn Uh, snakes, some king snakes. King snakes are a little food-aggressive, but that's all kind of... They're all variable, which all the snakes are variable, but the fact is that it comes down to, like, like corn snakes are from such a wide range. They're from New Jersey to Florida. Really? Okay. Yeah, so, like, it's such a wide range of temperatures, different humidities, stuff like that. They're also so easily hand handled. And then carpets are kind of the same thing. They have such a wide distribution in a giant okay. country. So you can find a snake that works works the best for you. But yeah, corn snakes are definitely, I think by far, compared to ball pythons that won't eat half the year, shit like that. Corn mm-hmm. snakes always eat. Carpet pythons always eat. You know, now, all the stuff you want. And corn snakes, you can feed them fucking a hundred times. Do you think the average uh, pet like owner cares about size though? Because you know, like corn snakes and carpets, those can get kind of big. Right. Yeah. Absolutely. And, and so, like, what? I don't you know, think kids care. <laughs> kids probably want a giant snake, but, <laughs> but parents, parents don't want a giant <laughs> snake. And yeah, corn snakes are definitely, as far as size goes. I mean, you've seen my adults; they're right. maybe three or four feet, and they're so like they're not heavy bodied at all, so they're so easy to handle. And um, and the ball pythons, they are also, you know, a decent size. size. They're a little bit heavier bodied. 
So, I mean, once they're, but the simple fact is that you can't keep them in a tank. You can't, you can't just put anything out there for heat. You know, you gotta pay attention. So balls, or ball snakes. Ball snakes. <laughs> ball pythons are definitely lower on your list of best snakes for pets. Absolutely. I think it's bullshit marketing and sales that have made them the number one pet snake. Because people found out that there's money in them. And for some reason, people have been convinced that you can make money off of them. So all of a sudden, they're the best pet snake out there. Got it. But as far as like the keeping, they're not, you know, if, the easiest. If you, if you care about yourself and not the snake, then yeah, that's a fucking perfect snake. <laughs> yeah, but caring but about yourself is that, isn't going to get you far. <laughs> exactly. It's not. And you can breed them easy. Well, they must be happy because they're breeding. Well, yeah, but they have stuck shed from... 10 years and they got an RI and all this other stuff. It's just my opinion. Going to ruffle yeah. some feathers, I guess. Um, are, so on average, would you say carpets get bigger than corn snakes? Oh yeah. Much yeah. Bigger. So that to me puts carp or puts corn snakes a little bit above in the list for an average owner. Right. Cause it's they're They stay, uh, lighter. Yeah. Um, yeah, if you're just having one snake, though, you know, if you can spring on an enclosure, maybe a four-foot enclosure, then, you know, a carpet python's reasonable. And um, food-wise, corns versus carpets. So corn snakes, if you didn't want to, you wouldn't be able, you wouldn't have to go above a large mouse. Okay. So you never have to deal with rats. I mean, I personally feed small rats to my adult, you know, female and adult mm-hmm. male corn snake, but... If you're if you're not breeding, you're fine it, with yeah. Okay, and carpets, and carpets. I think the way I've seen them in the wild, as far as you always see pictures of them with you know like a wallaby in their stomach, like something much larger than them. You mm-hmm. always see them having big meals less often, so that's how I like to keep them. As far as um, as far as like. I would do maybe a medium rat for a jungle, okay. which my jungles are a little bit on the smaller side, a medium rat every three weeks instead of corn snake. You might want to do a large mouse every week. Once they're adults, maybe every two weeks, three weeks, it really doesn't matter. Do you think that would affect the average buyer's decision making and like how they are fed? I don't think people really think about anything a lot of when times they when they're buying snakes. <laughs> yes, just a you know, an emotional buy quick. Right. So they're not thinking, Hey, you know, that's why so many people had Burmese pythons. Not, not good. Not thinking, you know, that's why so many people, that's why we see a girl at any RBC looking at water monitors saying that they're cute and then Mm -hmm. picking one up, not knowing that that's going to turn into a fucking Komodo dragon. Right. Yeah. So, uh, are there any within the corn snakes that you feel are better pets or just, in general oh they're all the same right nothing just color <laughs> just looks colors just yeah. looks but the you know like the het palmetto like i'm doing the palmetto project so i think that palmettos will be by far the number one the number one pet snake why because it's the most beautiful snake anyone's ever seen i may uh, be just a little that, a little but it's subjective fucking true. <laughs> that's, it's true that's a little everyone's gonna everyone's gonna buy that snake it's I have no doubt that when it becomes, uh, you know, pet level that everyone's going to be buying that snake. 
but we had a question of what are carpets temperament like? I mean, you can answer that. You don't even have that much experience with other snakes. I mean, as far as just looking at it and hanging out with it, totally calm. Like yeah. I, you know, I'm not, I, I'm still jump at some of your snakes. Um, but that one I would have no problem. But when it comes to feeding, it's a little bit different. Oh, it's, it's scary. Just, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I definitely don't want to be in the room when he's feeding <laughs> those carpets because they like their food and they want it now. Right. <laughs> yeah. And I think once the thing is, once you get them out of the tub, they're totally fine. So, I mean, I have one of my jungles is real, gets real weird when he gets out of the tub, but he won't bite you. He's mm-hmm. just scared. So like what I do is I just, I get him with the hook first. You, I, I may hit him on the head with mm-hmm. the hook, not like hit him, but like <laughs> tap, tap him on the head tap. so that he knows like this isn't going to be food that's going on. I'm going to take you out. So and then once I do that, grab them from behind. And then once they're like going up in the air, they must be like, hey, I'm not getting fed by anything. Mm-hmm. They calm you know? down. And then, yeah. And then even from your experience, green trees are cool too because. Oh, so calm. Yeah, because you're not the initial. So when you do the initial approach, first of all, be don't be a bird. You know, if this, especially for a green tree or a carpet, you know, if these animals are semi-arboreal or green trees arboreal, don't be a bird who comes because they need to be so quick as far as reaction goes to catch birds and stuff like that. That's just like their that. natural instinct. That's their natural instinct to think food first. Mm-hmm. So you want you wanna to have let it, know. Some, let it mm-hmm. know that you're going in there to pick it up. And then also just pick it up from behind. Don't put your hand in front of it. You know, try to pick it up from behind as best as you can. Okay. I feel like that's harder with green trees. Just like yeah, the but, way it's but luckily you can, you usually, if you have perches that you can take off, that's, okay. that's a giant benefit of having. you usually just pick having, up the perch with the yeah, green tree? Yeah, exactly. Okay. So I'll pick up the perch first and then I'll kind of let him, once the perch is going on, he's like, oh shit, I should probably start moving. <laughs> so, and then I just kind of put my hand out and then he lets, but if I open that tub and mm-hmm. I put my face in there and be like, oh, how cute. He'll bite me right on the nose. Because so, <laughs> he thinks so, you're food. Yeah. So you got to understand what your snakes are thinking. Not literally like I'm not going to know exactly right. what my snake is thinking. But at least try to see from a perspective of what's going on. And I so think. Don't be food. A little bit different subject. I think that leads to like a misconception about snakes. You know, people think, oh, my God, they're going to bite you. You know, but if you realize what they're thinking. I think it changes how we think about them. You know, if you realize like this is an animal that gets fed in a certain way, they're expecting a certain thing when that tub is opened. So then if you recognize that and you just change your behavior a little bit, you're going to be fine. Um, And people don't think that way. People are like, oh, I shouldn't have to change how I interact with this animal. This is Yeah, the, the animal should just... Right, should just do whatever. Should just should be just, nice. Should just be or nice. Or else it's always. a mean animal. Right, unless right. it's scary and, you know... You're, be, you're the human with the brain. <laughs> to change can, and to, you know, right. adapt. You have to adapt. To, just like if you have a dog. You don't expect your dog to speak English, do everything you tell him. You have to ingrain in that dog, you know, some training that... Right. We adapt to dogs all the time. We know? get trained by our dog more than our dog gets trained <laughs> by us. But... um. Yeah, Evan made a good point to the fact that um, different species like or different localities as far as green tree pythons, like he has BX, and they're commonly known for being the most aggressive. Mm-hmm. And that might have to do with BX are the most commonly imported for sure. Okay. So it may have something to do with that. I'm not sure. I haven't had any captive bred ones, 
but I'm sure they get a little bit calmer when they're captively bred. But the fact is, some localities seem to be worse than others. And then what's some the carpets, reasoning for that? Other than I, I couldn't tell you whether some of them are kept warmer, some of them are in warmer climates, some of them have different prey, you know, adapted to different things. And he said, he said they're also defensive, is what he was saying. Interesting. And there's no research on the locality, you know, why certain localities are more than others. There's not research on that. No, I don't think I don't think anyone really cares. <laughs> like, if you have green trees, you're not thinking about how can I get the most cuddly pet. <laughs> yeah, you're going. You're you're in deep enough to where you're like, if this thing bites my face off, it's cool. I still want to look at it. <laughs> okay. That's kind of where you get. You know, once you get past the initial pet uh-huh. stage of keeping snakes, but um, also as far as carpets go, I've heard uh, at least all the centralians that I've messed with the bread lie. Those are all seem to be a bit calmer. They're also a bit more heavy bodied, seem to be a little bit slower. And then also I've heard inlands. I haven't even uh, had any experience with that. Yeah, you but, don't have any. You're just coastal. But but they said that those are typically more docile. Jungles uh, seem to be the the most food aggressive. Mm-hmm. And then I've also heard Darwin, which is a um, it's a locality as far as coastal carpets go. Those seem to be more aggressive, but. But also, it, some of those coincide with how readily they're captively bred. But for the Australians, everything we have here is captive bred. Mm-hmm. And then... So, but which I mean, definitely affects, you know, right. how docile they are. Right. That's just interesting that, like, within one, there's just, some, like, the range of uh, temperament. Yeah. And then there also might be environmental factors as far as what... To make them more defensive as far as what is preying upon them, mm-hmm. what is what they interacted with and right. all that stuff. Very interesting. But do you think I always think uh, in videos I've seen and learning more about snakes, uh, do you think you can you really have an effect on making a snake more docile? That is I feel like uh, I've that's heard so some, up in the air. I feel like I've heard some people feel like, oh, I made, you know, they're not coming out and saying I made the snake this way, but like, do humans really have an effect on making snakes more docile? I hate to say yes, because there isn't really, I don't think there's enough hardware in a snake to have them for this detailed thought process. I think it's a little bit you kind of meeting in the middle with the snake, but definitely over more interactions I think no matter what, their instinct's going to be their instinct. So pine snakes, they're just very defensive in the wild because cause that's what their their inclination is to do, rattlesnake mimics. Mm-hmm. So they're going to start rattling their tail. They're going to coil up. They're going to go in the defensive posture, all that kind of stuff. So I feel like they're just so very ingrained in their head. To it do seems that. like over some species over being carefully born – they kind of, I don't want to say domesticate, but mm-hmm. they get better and better. So, like, even the corns that I have in there, they're rattling at me and stuff. Those palmettos, because they were outcrossed to a wild call. I didn't know that. Okay. Yeah. So, they're, you know, one of one side of their lineage is F1, which means pretty much right out of the wild, you know, mm-hmm. the first generation from being in the wild. So, I feel that those corns are much more aggressive or defensive you know, and then those, and then the other corns may have been bred in captivity for 
you know, the last 20 years. So I do feel that, that they don't wake up with that inclination to be as defensive, like fighting for their lives. That's not like one person had that it's, you know, over time and over generations that they became that way, which makes sense. But like, you know, one person over the time span that they have that snake, you don't think they could have an effect on the docile nature. Yeah, some people say yes and no, but you may be seeing a snake age for the fact that a baby snake needs to defend itself at all costs and needs to eat at all costs. Mm -hmm. So it's going to be typically more food aggressive, typically more defensive because they don't want to be eaten by prey in the wild. So you may be thinking you're taming a snake, but they're really just just getting older and getting more docile over time, just over time because that's the nature of snakes. So I think it's hard to say you can't pinpoint what is causation to them calming down because there's definitely age. They pretty much all calm down to an extent. Mm -hmm. So So, a little bit of nature versus nurture, would you say? Yeah. And, and I'm not comfortable with saying that you can tame a snake. What does Evan say? I can't read it. Oh, he was talking about the, um, I believe he was talking about the inlands about they're really cool, which they are. They're like, uh, almost exanthic looking so they're kind of uh-huh. grayish bluish like uh they're trying to selectively breed pretty much to be more blue really yeah no one likes gray <laughs> no i mean they're they're super cool it's just at its very uh infantile stage so mm-hmm. but i mean they are a little bit bigger of a of a carpet but they're super cool i would definitely want one i definitely want to get you like more the coastal Australian. what do you mean um don't you have a coastal carpet no. So I lied. I have zero coastal Never carpets. mind. Uh, I was wrong. Mine are all jungles and jungle diamonds. Okay. I was wrong. So <laughs> why? So you just want an inland because of how they look or because of why do you want an inland? Well, they're super docile, how they look mostly. Okay. <laughs> and just because I would like to, there's just not many people that work with them. So I'd like to be a guy who works with in different the, stuff. In the new stages of it. And then, yeah. So... Evan mentioned a rough scale python, which is it's a python that evolved in a very, very small corner of the of Australia to where they're pretty much cut off from everything. Really? So they they're very, very, you know, rare in the wild just by the fact that biologically they kind of got fucked and they're kind (laughs) of pushed into this little corner. And um, they thought that they were extinct at a certain time, but. Uh, I believe a zoo got them in and got them breeding. So, and those magically appeared in the United States. Magically. Via magic. <laughs> and um, they're, they're basically a um, kind of the bridge between a green tree and a carpet. Oh, I want to see this. They're super cool. Um, how could I explain it? So they're rough scales, so they have keeled mm-hmm. scales. But they're kind of a, a reddish, rusty hue. Ooh. Okay. Yeah, they're super cool. And then a lot of them have like like bluish gray eyes. But um, yeah, and he, Bill has a trio, so you can see him at Carpet Fest. Okay, awesome. But yeah, they're super different snakes that pretty much just came to the United States oh, maybe just, like you stole my question. three <laughs> years ago or so. Through magic? Through magic. Well, I think they came from Europe, which Europe is where the magic happens. <laughs> so that's... <laughs> That's where all the magic happens. <laughs> and then the magic, magic comes from Germany, usually, to here. To here. Why or Germany? Germany to, like, 
Paul Harris to hear. Why Germany? Just that's where the magic happens. Just high that's, magic. The magic has been happening there for quite a while. Like if you read Stolen World, which is about basically smuggling all the Australian fucking pythons. Through Europe. And yeah, there was a lot of guys. Um, there was a guy who used to collect for a zoo. He had some connection. He was in Germany, had some connection to a guy in Australia, got him out there to Germany. And then it's it's a there's a whole damn book about it, you know. Right. But the fact is that the sketchy folks and the portal, they got him out. Sorry, the sun. And, you know, they were at that point, they were doing it for zoos. So zoos didn't want to do the paperwork. They were like, um, it made it easier doing all this AZA paperwork and sighty shit. They were like, fuck that. We're just going to have some, some sketchy dude who said he has him captively bred and we're going to buy him from him. So most of the illegal trade that was going on and smuggling was for zoos because there's just so much which, red tape that they would have had to go through. To yeah. Do the they right don't way. to get to do it the right way. So they're like, yeah. I mean, at the end of the day, is it, is it really bad? That's the thing. Um, A lot of people think it's really bad, but if you're looking at what, what like Tom Crutchfield did, what, you know, they were all doing at that time, he took out bearded dragons, which are in no way an endangered species in Australia Uh and smuggled them over here. So it's like, was that bad? No. Is it not hurting where they came? Is it illegal? Is it the best thing? Am I going to do it? Absolutely not. But you know, you're not hurting anything in the wild. You know, there's so many things that are captively bred in Australia. There should be no reason why you can't mm-hmm. um, export out of Australia and have the captively mm-hmm. born stuff, you know, exported. But that doesn't seem to happen. But yeah, I don't see why there's anything, you know, you're not affecting wild populations if you're taking captively born animals and getting mm-hmm. them out. And I would think, especially if it was going to like zoos who have the means and the motivation to handle the animals that they're getting in the best way, you know, well, I don't know. I would think zoos handle stuff in the best way. Right. So that just wasn't always the the case. It doesn't seem. Of zoos handling things the right way? Well, or- not of, but it was kind of more of a, you know, regular business you know, supply and demand. So they were like, oh, this guy's getting it for cheaper. I'm not going to ask him how he's doing it. We're just going to get him. So it was much more of a free rent. While now it's like all governed by the, you know, zoo association. Okay. So there's just very strict guidelines because people expose the fact that they weren't doing, they were taking smuggled animals mm-hmm. out of like, like we're not just talking about bearded dragons. We're talking about like plowshare tortoises about things that were really endangered, things that... That they were taking. Right, that okay, they were taking so from the wild okay. to put into their <laughs> projects. But they were doing that because you get awards for breeding the first species in captivity, for having the most species. Oh. So they wanted the notoriety of breeding that wow. first. So they're like, fuck it. I don't care how we get this fucking thing done. We're going to see it as board. like the best conservation zoo of all time because we're breeding these when we fucking smuggle them out of the wild. Oh, he said it's it's illegal to hybridize in Australia. What does hybridize mean? Meaning to take, you know, I don't know if that's on the species level or subspecies level. I don't know if he can uh, elaborate on that. But, you know, taking like you heard that person say today that they had a Mexican black king 
hybrid, which mm-hmm. means like they took a desert king snake, two different species, and a Mexican black and bred them together. Oh, that's illegal in that's illegal in Australia, which is crazy. Why? And I mean, also, I believe it's so many um, like permits and stuff that you have to do in Australia. Apparently, there's a lot more red tape than there is here. Who cares if you're making a hybrid? I they just I guess feel if you put that into the wild, then it's you know fuck fucking with, with the nature. Species and the, yeah, I guess. There's a, like, and there's natural hybridization that happens, but the fact is that. You're not going to find a jungle carpet python with a diamond python because those are the most southern, the southernmost carpet and the northernmost carpet. Mm-hmm. So that's just not going to happen in real life. So, yeah, but the, so I guess it is a, a situation where a carpet, a jungle car, a jungle diamond may survive in a place where it wouldn't rather if it wasn't hybridized. So. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I, but how to, many, to me, don't fucking don't ever release a snake into the wild. Right, that's but, what I'm saying. How many people? Can. How many people are taking the time to like get these snakes, make hybrids, and then release them? That's what I don't. You know who who would put in that effort just to release it? Right. Like I don't. Under, I mean, maybe it's possible, and so they just want to prevent. You know, the chance of it happening. They want to prevent anything. everything. <laughs> yeah, anything and everything. So. But I just don't see I just don't see that happening very often that someone would put in all this effort to, you know, bring them together, you know, make sure they're they can live and then just release them. But but people are crazy. If you get people (laughs) if the number one pet ends up being a fucking jungle diamond, then everyone has jungle diamonds Then some some little dickhead will or some parents going to be like, nope, don't want you to have this pet anymore. Right. Go put it outside. Right. Bye. I mean, fuck. I I wish everything was was pure everywhere, so that I knew what really what it was. But right. I don't know. Uh, it seems like back in the day, there was such there was just a certain amount of money grubbing people in the hobby, and not enough documentation to of what was happening. Right, and because not everyone had a phone in their pocket, you know, a cell mm-hmm. phone. Uh, to take pictures all the time. Now, if you have no excuse to not be taking a picture when your things are locked up. Back in the day, they'd be, oh, got this pure jungle, but all you got is a jungle male and a adult female coastal. So you're like, oh, fuck it. Let's just put these together. Here you go. Here's a jungle <laughs> male. Uh, have fun. There are some people who did keep records, but there's some that, that didn't. Uh, there's a bunch of people, especially in the colubrid community, that... We'll talk about different kinds of milk snakes and stuff that certain lineage aren't pure or with pine snakes, you know, maybe Van Deventer bred a fucking southern pine and a Louisiana pine. Now we can't trust any of his line. So there was just some people who were in a rush to produce some things Mm -hmm. and maybe went through some shortcuts. And then so, yeah, I mean, so you just kind of Australia is like, let me just ban it all because we don't want anyone doing it yeah i I guess it it makes sense what did evan say that's why it was such a huge deal when johnny depp brought his dogs oh so i guess he brought it um his dogs i remember that and they weren't allowed to they're they're weird about pets so did he get them over there i can't remember how it ended but i knew it was johnny depp i guess it was a big scandal um I mean, because, yeah, I guess, again, they were preventing him releasing his dogs into the wild in Australia. Well, no, it's the fact that, you know, they may have a 
fucking flea or something that doesn't exist in Australia. And, and Australia is such a prime place for things to survive. So, you know, there's just... It's like you understand, but a it's possibility very extreme. Where things, it's just going off of history, you know, the fact that they've had so much problem with uh, with things taking over there. Yeah, but like there's no... I don't think the U.S. could ever make laws like Australia has. Yeah, but I mean, they're definitely... Um, Laws only seem to go one way. They only seem to add laws. They never seem to take them <laughs> away. So you never know. You know, you got to fight for, you know, the right to keep whatever animals for, you know, whenever it comes up because you never know who's next, what's next. What's going up. Right. So like right now in Arlington, Virginia, they're trying to ban all snakes over four feet. Really? So that includes pretty much everything. <laughs> and they also wanted to ban like... All pretty much all fucking animals besides cats and dogs. So it's important to make sure you're aware of that kind of stuff. Why because Arlington? It's just, it's just a random. random town decided like, this is what's going on. This is the problem. Problem's so big that right. they had to do that. Right. Cause it's so scary out there. So, um, yeah, the world is a real scary place when you live in Arlington, Virginia. <laughs> but, um, so they decided that they should ban all the animals because, Things with potential, you know, I think it's a dangerous position to start banning things on their potential rather than what they're actually doing. So, like, you know, that's like banning anything, saying, oh, that dog can bite. Fuck that dog. Can't have that dog anymore because some child may be walking down the street with a fucking beef jerky in their pocket and then it bites their face off. And, you know, it's this whole perpetuating fear. Mm Mm-hmm. It's the shit that the media does, the shit that, you know, plenty of people just play off uh, other people's fears and the worst case scenario when in the fact that, you know, even like that, that snake in Indonesia, the, the retic that ate that guy, Mm -hmm. people don't understand that that's the exception. That's not the rule. Meaning that was some type of perfect storm, some perfect conditions created that snake and that dude, I don't know, he should have gained weight. So oh, the snake know. couldn't eat so him. So he couldn't eat him. Oh, babe. No, oh. no, but it was like, it was you just... know, they need to know that that's not what's happening out. There. And even so, you don't live in fucking Indonesia, <laughs> bitch. You're not going out. He was probably squatting, taking a shit because he doesn't have a bathroom. I thought he was like dead. Uh, then they say he might have been passed out drunk. They don't. Yeah, fucking I thought know. he was like. I don't know. Like, I, let me not say things, but really... I thought he was like dead, like because he had gone. That's it. He had, like gone missing. I don't. I don't think they would eat, you know, a dead person. I think. I think he would need a good heat signature in order oh, for them okay. to eat. I don't know though. The fact is that most the shoulders would be such a hard thing to get past for a snake. I don't know. It's That's just, why you got to gain some weight. No, but it's just again. That's a very rare occurrence. Right. Never gonna happen in our lifetime again, right. probably. Um. But back. Well, to- and. And, uh, yeah, there's just so many things that are out there that can ruin the environment. And the things that we pay attention to are the things that people are behind for different reasons than the public safety. They play it off as public safety, but it's really not for, you know, the fact that the Everglades is overrun with so many different things and that, you know, palm oil and sugar and shit like that is totally ravaging so much of the ecosystem in Indonesia, maybe the reason why that 
retake did that is because the palm oil, you know, deforested everything. It doesn't have stuff to eat. So it had to go and, you know, take a dude out. So, so maybe, you know, that's even, um, you know, just influenced by us, you know, other environmental changes or things that we have done within the environment. And, you know, the thing, like Evan mentioned, cats, cats are the number one as far as they're so damaging to the fact that to call a cat domesticated is pretty far fetched because once you let a cat out, mm-hmm. they're going to eat everything they see. Even, <laughs> you know, like you, you have, if you have a house cat and you let it out, it will bring you back all types of stuff. Fun. And they Mouse, have all roach. types of, yeah, <laughs> they have all types of foreign, you know, diseases and stuff going on. That's why, you know, cat scratch fever because you know, just by getting scratched and stuff, your birds, all they need to do is get scratched or just a small bite. Even if they get away, they will most likely die from infection after the fact. From a cat? Just, yeah, from oh, being in proximity of a cat. That's so, crazy. And I mean, a cat will take out like a whole bird's nest or, you know, squirrels, rabbits, all that stuff. No so, shame. And there's cats everywhere. Like people just leave their cats out because they come back. But the fact is that those cats are always hunting. Mm-hmm. You see those, those little fucking savages? They're like little tigers out there. <laughs> you always see them prowling around and mm-hmm. ready to eat stuff just immediately. But cats are fluffy and cute, and so right. So we don't we don't say fuck the cats. Like let's change this environmental disaster. Let's say um, fuck Burmese pythons, which is also true. It's not good to have them there, but. It's one of many, many, many problems. So, um, as far as Ar- as far as Arlington, are people like fighting this law? Yeah, is so it actually USR has it actually become involved. a law yet, or is it no? So they're like opening hearing. There is right now. Um, they're having a what is it called? Like a like a period where people can write in stuff like that, and then there's okay. a few people on the ground who are you know speaking with the people on whatever board is trying to make this law in Arlington. And they're trying to at least, you know, get it to a reasonable level to where mm-hmm. it won't be like no one can own any right. snakes. Right, it won't, like, take it away everything because four feet is right. uh, detrimental to everyone's, what everyone Because, you know, what is that? You know, it has zero effect on anything. So. That's a crazy law. Just let's ban, like, everything. Right. I mean, and it all it is is you know, a lack of education. Right. And it's like one person probably got bit by something and they're like, Oh no, let's take them all away. What they said is like some EMS worker or something got bit before. So, and what's a bite and did it amount to anything? Plus like, did the person have the reasonable tools to handle the animal? Mm -hmm. Like I'm sure plenty of people have gotten bit by dogs. This person right here. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but but like you know, that whole situation. Like, what's more dangerous? Like, definitely a dog. Yeah, a wild dog or these little who's fucking been, like, wolves tortured or whatever. They will come after you. Yeah. Oh, yeah, and then even a dog who's in a defensive situation, mm-hmm. you know, where they don't know who you are, or you're wearing something that they don't like. They're and... ready to bark and go after you. Yeah, they're animals. Right, we stop them from hurting other people all the time. Right, but. It's viewed different than snakes and stuff like that. Right. And I mean, it's just in somewhat a matter of there's so much more, there's so much different than us, you know? Right, 
Right. They're not mammals. They don't have legs. They cold blooded. They eat prey whole. They don't chew things. They don't. They're just nothing. They're like the opposite of us. Of humans. <laughs> and humans don't like anything that isn't like them. Which in like some ways you understand and, that. Evolutionary, but that's what we evolved to do. So like things that are dangerous, we stray away from. Mm-hmm. You know, that used to be that used to be good for us, but now it's more of a negative because we are now realizing that biologically because there's so many more people, so many more things going on mm-hmm. that we need all these animals, no matter how weird they are, no matter, you know, what they do because, you know, we're all one ecosystem. Yeah. And it's just hard because I bet the, like, whatever city is bringing up laws against it, it's going to bring up that one person who wants to keep a fucking tiger in their house or, you know, something like that. Like, they're using those people as their evidence to, like, ban it all. And it's like, that's not the majority of people. Like, majority of people don't want to keep crazy things in their house that can, you know, hurt people. Yeah, Um, just because I want... An olive python doesn't mean I want a reticulated python, doesn't mean I want a cobra, doesn't mean I want any venomous. Though there are people that keep those, but... No, yeah, which is totally, if you're if you're qualified to do that, then you should be able to do that, but you should be properly permitted and stuff Definitely. like that. So I think it's a matter of just taking steps appropriate. You know, you can't, in pretty much every state besides a few... You know, you can't just pick up a handgun. You got to get a permit or have your gun registered, stuff like that. You know, there mm-hmm. there's certain hoops. So why can't we say, For don't snakes, ban permit. this, mm-hmm. just worst case scenario, put a permit on snakes over eight feet, mm-hmm. 12 feet, whatever. I think that's a reasonable thing to go to someone yeah. on a committee instead of being like, no, you're wrong. We can't do any of this. We got to. But then again, it's a slippery slope. You give them a little, they may try to take more in the future. So it's hard to say. I mean, we got to fight for everyone, but but we got to know that maybe somewhere down the line, because of all the media perpetuating, you know, the big Python stuff that, mm-hmm. you know, we may lose some. But, like, I don't know. To me, it doesn't hurt to try, like, the permit method, you know, or just other things on the preventive side. That yeah, if we have no choice but for that to happen, you know, then that's, I think that's reasonable. But crazy people are scared. and right. It's like you can't fault them for being scared, but it's just to a but different it's just, level. Yeah. Yeah, and you should be open to uh, being educated, <laughs> if that's the fact. Yeah. Speaking about education, why don't you educate people on your new project? <laughs> Didn't we talk about it a little bit? Not fully. It's not a lot to talk about. Okay. Palmetto's happening. More. That's, it. that's all you got to say about it? Yeah, that's it. I mean. I mean, you said earlier, like, you think they're going to become the most popular because you think they're the most beautiful. Yes. But. Um, they will. Okay. One thousand percent they're you going wanna, to be. You want to take a bet on that? Absolutely. What's going? If if someone sees a palmetto snake at a pet store for two hundred and fifty dollars, two hundred and fifty dollars. That's the fucking snake right there. (laughs) There is no fucking getting anything else. It's the best pet you could ever have. 
as far as the species goes. Mm-hmm. It's the be- the best pet, the easiest to keep, everything, and the best looking one. It's a fact. Okay. I stand <laughs> by my green trees. Yeah, but that's just not for everyone. Palmettos maybe- are for everyone. Everyone. How do you say that palmettos are for everyone? You don't know that. Because corn snakes are for everyone. Very interesting. So what fact. is your timeline for this project? Just like, I mean, bananas were the one who, I mean, you could see that. That's going to be the most popular pet snake for a while. Mm-hmm. So, and and it wasn't a popular pet snake because they were $20,000 and okay. they were $2,000. But right now, they're fucking, those things are more prevalent than fucking <laughs> they're everywhere. depression these days. Oh you know God, what I mean? Stop. No, they're fucking all over the place. That's a good thing because I like them and they're pretty. Yeah, but, but palmettos. How many years do you think it'll take for palmettos to get? Um, right now they're in like three thousand dollar mark. Maybe, maybe for a visual. Actually, I think that was an email that I saw. I would say give it like three years or so. And you can get it under a thousand dollars easily. And now we'll open it up to. Now we'll open it up, and then it'll open up further. And then when you're at two hundred fifty dollars, I'm gonna be pre- producing a shit ton of them, and everyone's gonna buy them from you. No, just in general, <laughs> everyone's gonna buy them from everyone. Yeah. Okay. Three years. Take yeah. that. I'll take that bet. Three years. I'll be producing them hopefully in two. In two. Okay, that's your plan. Yeah. When are you gonna start? Um, but they have to get bigger because they're you just got babies. Yeah. So, well, <laughs> okay, no. Yeah, they have to get a little bit bigger. So when are you gonna start working on them? Like working on them? <laughs> I'm working on them right now. I just fed well, them you're this just morning. Feeding them, but you know what I mean. Right. But like working on them together. You don't have to like build a relationship. <laughs> <laughs> Never mind. <laughs> Good question. What I'm gonna do is feed them. Until they get to breeding size, put them down in brumation. Once they're up from brumation, feed them a whole bunch. Wait for the female to shed. How long is brumation? And start for introducing. Them? Um, it's it doesn't really. Um, a lot of people do it a bunch of different ways. I would prefer to do it from like November to maybe mid February. It just depends when is more convenient. Also, it, it kind of depends where you live. So up here. I want to have them in brumation at the coldest period of the, of the winter. So in New in New York, <laughs> it was hard. it was every day from fucking October to fucking May. So Texas doesn't work like that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So here, you'll pretty much need to cool a room, you know, all the time. In New York, it was easy to say this is going. It's going to be cold every single day. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I have more of a choice. To where I got to heat the room up to 55 degrees. And, you know, so you can pretty much do it whenever. The thing is, I for me, I want it to be the most uh, feasible as far as I don't want to have to cool too much. Don't want to have to heat too much, whichever which way I lie. So it's whatever year is most practical to expend the least amount of energy. So for me, it would be stupid to start... Um, Brewmating early because that's basically summer. Yeah, (laughs) October is basically summer. So, so So more like November. So so a little bit later, maybe December to March. But then the end of that, you're gonna have to keep on. I know (laughs) it's hard, but the fact is that you're gonna have to pick what's best. Not you know, it's not gonna be a perfect 
I wonder what other Texas people do for brumation. I guess, I mean, just they might just constantly keep it cold and working on it. Cool a basement down Mm -hmm. or something. So people, well, never mind. I was about to say people don't have basements, but I don't know if that's true in Texas. I know in Louisiana that people don't have basements. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know about here. Maybe a garage. A, uh, uh-huh. In Louisiana, you'd lose that real quick. <laughs> yeah, and I mean, that's that's kind of a reason why we can never live in Louisiana. <laughs> the thing is, like, I need to set up the fact that I need the the place that there's a few factors. So, like, land is cheap, rent is cheap, everything's cheap. There's not going to be a fucking hurricane coming in and all that bullshit. Some people, you know. And Sounds most like a of utopia. The, Everyone would want cheap most, land, cheap rent. Come on. Yeah, yeah, but most of the reptile guys are in Florida. Like, I don't know how they manage, you know, the hurricanes and all that stuff. And, I mean, that's why, you know, that's apparently how the Burmese first got introduced to the Everglades hurricane. Really? I think it was, like, Hurricane Matthew or Andrew, Hurricane Andrew. And the Burmese got out during the hurricane, and that's what populated the Everglades. I don't know if that's directly true. Maybe that's just a contributing factor, but that's what they say. So maybe sometimes hurricanes are good. What? No. You're saying it spread the population of the Burmese. Is that not yeah, what you're saying? It's they're not in Burma. They're in fucking Florida. But it got it to us. What? No, you are not comprehending what okay. I'm saying. I don't. Meaning it made them invasive in the Everglades where they weren't oh. supposed to be before. Oh god. Well, I, I thought you were saying it was a way to get them to like people who wanted to keep them here no okay it means they were released into the wild Got it. because the Got hurricane it. they should have stayed over. in burma if the hurricane hadn't happened they would have stayed in burma no oh my god they were kept captively in florida and then when oh like when the hurricane destroyed people's houses people the burmese escaped into florida i'm an idiot okay yes <laughs> <laughs> I got it. And so, yes, not a good thing at all. But, I mean, that could happen with so much in all different places where there's tornadoes. What I'm saying is I do not want to live. And for me, living in New Orleans would be such a bad idea. You're just, like, asking, you know, to have such a higher percentage possibility of flooding. Right? Yeah. Or loss of electricity, even. You're breaking my heart. You know this. No, but it's just... But it's just, that's my favorite city in the whole world. Right. And you tell me I can never live there. You can keep them up. Keep them on a second floor of a house. All I'm saying is it wouldn't make my life easier. It would make my life easier to be somewhere that doesn't have, that isn't below sea level. (laughs) Any other place. (laughs) Yeah, and then um, and then even like the northeast, like it gets hit with the hurricane, like even every ten Sandy years. But when it gets like hit, you know you're pretty fucked, or you get hit with a big snowstorm that knocks out the power. So you just got to think about these things. So you just want no natural disasters. No nothing. <laughs> no nothing. Yeah. Just has and it has four seasons. You, fucking... Four seasons. There's a winter. There's no. a summer. You can't get all that because <laughs> with seasons, I think, comes weather. Comes disasters. Yeah. yeah. Interesting. I guess maybe if you were in like the Pacific Northwest or something. But like, 
like you said, Florida is one of the most populous areas. They don't have four seasons. They have natural disasters, but they're still where. Because it's so easy to keep animals there. Even with natural disasters and stuff? Because the temperature's perfect. The, yeah, because so you So obviously keep that's them not a big outside. factor. I don't, I don't know how they do it. They, <laughs> they have their own ways. I mean, everything's, I guess, cemented down and stuff like that. But How do know. Florida people do it? If only we had a Florida person watching now. Do you yeah. know any snake people from Florida? Yeah, there's a bunch. Well, ask them how they do it. Okay. Okay. Not but, like I want to move to Florida, but that's never right. ha- We're never living in Florida. No, no, that's where that's if you see something weird on the news, it happened weird. in Florida, yeah. <laughs> most likely. Yeah, every like white trash disaster. Let's not of go all there. Time. Let's not go there. It's true, right? It's just, just sorry, Florida people. Keep it broad <laughs> and say not the best. Everyone in Florida, Florida knows. Uh, did Evan say something else? I can't read it. No. Uh, okay. Everyone in Florida knows that Florida's sketchy. Yeah. <laughs> Let's go with that. That's a good word. Sketchy. Just keep it. Yeah. It's, it's too warm. So when people get too warm, they get all <laughs> squirrely, you know? <laughs> That's the thing. You got to keep them cold and inside. Yeah. No, you That's can't say that. Because Arizona's hot as fuck. But people don't know. You never it's hear anything about. Because <laughs> people are so hot, you don't even want to go outside. It's the humidity. Humidity does make people crazy. I do yeah. have to say that. I hate humidity. Um. I don't know. Okay, I feel like we're talking about bullshit now. No, yeah, absolutely. Did we have anything else <laughs> we wanted to talk about? What are we talking about? Uh, climates and keeping snakes and I don't know what you're talking about before the se- the weather patterns. Right. And then also a big thing of where I'd want to be is like rodent supply. That's such a big thing for people who have a lot of snakes. So there's a big one in Texas, right? Yeah, so big cheese rodent factories in Fort Worth. Okay, where's the next closest like big supplier? Do you know? I have no idea. Oh, okay. There, there's a few in Florida, and I'm not sure where like rodent pros out of, but. When you were in Colorado, did you have a? Uh... Yeah, I knew a guy, but the the fact is that if I had a commercial, you know, if I was on that level, you know, would I be able to get enough rats? For me, it's like easy to be like, hey, I want a hundred rats or mice all together instead of you might be feeding a few thousand a week mm-hmm. you know if you have a very big collection so so you need a big distributor to get from right. at least that will make your life easier you don't want to get into the position where you have all the snakes and you can't breed them because you, <laughs> you don't have them. enough food you know <laughs> right there's just not enough supply anywhere God, that's also a factor yeah and then also I, n- I never want to be subject to i mean i choose species i don't want to be subject to feeding live like having to feed live that's another thing about ball pythons ball pythons are picky as fuck like some of them will only eat live and will never switch over some of them that are switched over will be on and off all the time so and it's just so much easier to do thought oh so much easier to just have you know, things frozen and ready to go at all times and right. throw them in whenever. Anytime you want to. Right. So I don't have to make weekly runs to a rodent breeder or make uh, weekly runs or have them make weekly runs to me mm-hmm. of live. Oh, they'll do that? Yeah. If, I mean, if price. you have a really big collection. Yeah. Wow. That's pretty cool. 
Yeah. Um, but yeah, I wouldn't suggest. Li- I just don't think people would want live, or like kids and all that shit. It's just easier for thought. So like. For if you have one, and then you can go to the pet store and pay four dollars for a live mouse and put it in there. You can get that but, at PetSmart. Yeah. Oh, I did not know that. But that's not what I would do. Right. Once you get bigger, it's just not practical. Right. For what you want to do. Mm-hmm. What else? Oh, uh, well, I think that's kind of it for today. Is that it? We're way too early. Only eight minutes. We usually go eight about minutes. an hour. We can talk. Okay, what else you got? That's what we do, right? Because I, no like I feel like we fucked up the beginning. It doesn't matter. I know. And it's so weird because we put on everything on like live every, um, everything ever, every social media ever. Mm-hmm. And last we week, do we like we couldn't. Yeah, no one does Twitter. We we couldn't keep up with the comments and stuff. Right, but, but today's week, not there's so not that much. many. But thanks for Evan always. Yeah, Evan is always. Um, I don't know our timing. We're kind of during dinner time. And we never do. And I I don't plan on doing a scheduled time. It's too hard. <laughs> it's too hard as far as me editing the video stuff like that. So, I mean, if anyone wanted to see what the fuck is going on with our lives, then I guess the YouTube channel. Right. I don't know. I would. I wish we could see what time we did it last time because I thought that was good. I think we did like three or four ish. I don't know. I don't care because I don't know. Live is, you know, doesn't it's not for it. I would rather, you know, people download it just as well. Mm -hmm. I don't need everyone on live all the time. Yeah. And some we it just sometimes it works for people some sometimes it doesn't so like my life is all over the place to the fact that you know if I had to be if I wanted to watch someone I don't know if I'd be able to put forth an a hour certain right time there. yeah an hour of also, my look, time we are at an hour because we had to restart this so the oh yeah we restarted that one because Instagram is ending in a minute mm-hmm. um. And you started that a little bit. But let's than. explain what we've been doing with YouTube. So we're trying to get more vlogs, um, just get more day to day and videos, son, putting them out. Yeah, get more day to day of like what we're doing and starting growing this business and this life of snake breeding, <laughs> um, and just trying to get more people interested in what we're doing and to mm-hmm. know more about it. And hopefully, I mean, I would like, I would love for more people like me to be in it people who don't know anything or you know and are learning more about it i would hope that our videos you know teach more people about it like i'm always learning you know i'm only what three months in to this snake world and it's it's nice to have videos to watch and to learn more about yeah there's so many um misconceptions out there Mm -hmm. of things so and also you just gotta, nice to like, you know, make it interesting. We try to make it interesting and keep and people I don't, watching. I don't think there's anyone giving enough attention to like Australian pythons. I don't think there's enough people giving attention to corn snakes. I don't think there's enough people giving attention to herping. So all those things are things that we're trying to do and to get bring out light there. to definitely herping. I would say like just different aspects of the snake thing altogether, even the video like in the vlog i want to show everything so i want to show like um me posting stuff on social media what i'm doing media wise background stuff you know just the stuff that's happening in the background the stuff that other snake 
breeders, other companies are doing, but they don't necessarily show you. So, so maybe if someone's like one day is like, I want to do this, then they can be, Oh, this is him starting from fucking nothing. Right. And showing you all that, showing you, yeah, what it takes. And really, what else was I going to say? I was going to say something profound. So I just want to show, I want media to be just as big of a part of the company as snakes are. So I don't want to, because I know that snakes, there's going to be a lull in sales. You know, at certain points of the year, I'm not going to be able to produce all year round. Um, You know, obviously I'm going to have high amounts of animals in the summer Mm -hmm. and stuff like that just for breeding seasons. So I just want to have a multifaceted business. I don't want my business to be all focused on one thing because if that one thing goes away, then you're done. So, right. So I want to be able to stand diversify on a few legs, not just one, one, one. Yeah. Never just one. So that's, yeah, that's just my opinion on doing that. So that's why I want to do that. Not my opinion. Not to mention is. it's just fun. You know what my opinion what is? What the hell is your opinion? Oh, nope. You know, I'm not going to say your it. opinion? My opinion is let's go get ice cream and film it and show it's that It's free aspect. ice cream. It's free cone day at, at, uh, at Ben and Jerry's. Where? So, Ben and Jerry's. Oh. Let's do I it. I guess I may have ice cream. Do it. Do it. Thanks for watching. Shit. Listening. Watching slash and watching, listening. Slash living. Slash. Everything. Um, if you want to learn more and see more about what mostly he does with some parts of me in it. If you see a shitty title, you know who did it. Excuse me. I come up with all the titles. Oh, except <laughs> no, that you I have said. the highest one. Oh. But that's because you put palmettos in it. The word palmettos. We right. know that. Um, because coming back to my point. Palmettos. Are this? Yes. Um, yeah, so if you want to learn more, go to youtube.com slash Port City, the Port City I don't Python. Know. We're Google, not sure. Google Port City Pythons or YouTube. search YouTube Port City Pythons or go look on Facebook Port City Pythons or Instagram Port City Pythons or MySpace Port City Pythons. <laughs> Or Foursquare. Does MySpace work? Like if you type in MySpace.com, it still is a thing? It's there. Have you checked it I think like Yahoo or something owns it. Yeah, you can still get your old pictures. Oh, by the way, now Verizon owns... Google Plus Port City Python. Oh, yeah, we're everywhere. Uh, By the way, Verizon now owns AOL and Yahoo. Did you know that? They're combining them into one... Port City Pythons at AOL.com. That's our email. No, it's not. (laughs) Gmail.com. You have more... Like if you want to ask us direct questions... Hotmail.com. Hotmail. I never had one of those. We are coming live to you on dial-up internet. (laughs) If you heard skipping, that's why we have all these live hookups in four different phone lines. Adios. Oh, that's not a microphone. (laughs) Yeah, you you took off the headphones like you were stepping away from the mic, but they're just the headphones. So even though you can't hear me or yourself... It's still recording. I know. I'm saying adios for you to end the recording. Thanks for listening, guys. (laughs) If you got this far, God bless you. Um, Thanks. Thanks. Later. Bye.